When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. Hello, everyone. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the latest episode of The Debrief. We're coming to you live following Liverpool's 3-1 victory over Darmstadt uh, that wasn't at Anfield. I was about to say that. It was actually at Deepdale, Preston North End's ground. But... um, I mean, sort of secondary news in terms of what's going on at Liverpool today. Obviously, it's been confirmed that uh, we've had a third bid for Romeo Lavia uh, rejected, thought to be around £45 million. And I mean, Matt, we're sort of reaching a point now where it's it's sort of pay, pay the £50 million that Southampton want or, or move on, really, sort of haggling over over £5 million. And obviously, I mean, within 10 minutes today, obviously Liverpool had scored two, but they'd, they'd already conceded one. Do you think that they're sort of, the need for a number six presence. I mean, you look at that starting eleven. There wasn't really an a, an obvious option for the number six role within that team. Do you think tonight's just sort of emphasised again how much Liverpool do need to get a number six in? Yeah, I think that's that's a fair assessment. I think what we've seen so far from Liverpool this summer is that they are going to be very open. I thought Alexis McAllister was excellent this evening. I, I really enjoyed watching him, but he's just not that player, is he? He's, he's much better a little bit further up the pitch, as are most of, of the Liverpool players, not just midfielders. So, yeah, it, it's a little bit of a worry, isn't it, going into the new season? Um, I think we are going to see a, a Liverpool team, really, which... It's going to create loads of chances, score loads of goals, but it's probably going to concede. And, you know, I, I know people will say, well, they've only conceded once and they, they've been you know, relatively in control against Darmstadt. But it's a completely different story when you're playing a team like Chelsea or they've got Newcastle later in the month. You know, if, if Darmstadt can slice through you and create chances, then certainly a vast majority of, of the Premier League teams can do that. So it is a little bit of a worry, I think. Um, in terms of, of this weekend, obviously you mentioned the bid there in terms of, of Lavia. I, I can understand the, the negotiations. I can understand the reluctance to pay that 50 million because it, it is a huge amount of money for a player with such little experience, only 19 years of age. It's it's a lot of pressure for him to come in and just be the solution to all of this. Um, I, I don't know. You know, clearly, there's obviously a lot of, of interest there for, for Liverpool to go as high as, as 45 or 46. I think there's there's a pretty decent chance that they go a little bit higher and maybe there's a little bit of a compromise from Southampton, but not a great deal. And a deal does get done. I know people will say, well, just pay it now and, and the, the sooner the better. But I think even if Liverpool had bid the full 50 today and that had been accepted, then it'd be highly unlikely that he'd be involved at all, let alone starting it at the weekend. So... There's still, I think, you know, a, a decent chance that that deal gets done. I am excited by it, but at the same time, as we've seen tonight with this game all the way through preseason as well, I think it's going to take more than just Romeo Lavia to come in and, and Liverpool to suddenly look, you know, really good again. There was loads of, of really good signs, as I'm sure we'll come to. And like I say, McAllister was was probably the best player on the pitch, but 
it is a little bit of a concern that you know we are still talking about Lavia because it's been going on for a while, hasn't it? It feels like a long time since a transfer saga like this really played out for Liverpool across the summer, and you'd just like a, a bit of an answer and a bit of a um, just a resolution to it, really, because ultimately it's not just him. As I say, they've got to go and do one or two more on top of that as well. So, as much as anything, I think that's the reason why I want this to be over with quickly. Because as soon as Lavi is out of the way, you can then move on to hopefully a centre back and, and maybe another midfielder as well. Because Thiago and, and Stefan Bajetic are still to play a minute in pre-season. They're back in training, but they're not going to be options straight away. There's Still a lot of questions, I think, and, and pre-season is the time to answer those questions, but Liverpool haven't quite done that just yet. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're spot on there. It's, it's not really the sort of, uh, as you say, transfer saga that Liverpool usually get themselves embroiled in. You know, rounds of bids, it's not really the way the club has tended to operate in the transfer market over the last few years. Much more often we've you know, heard about some interest uh, and then a couple of days later we're seeing pictures of them in Liverpool shirts. So it has been a bit of a... A bit of a strange one, this whole Lavia saga, but uh, like you said, I think still a, a decent chance that deal gets done. But we'll get back to the game. Obviously, as I said, 2-1 inside 10 minutes. It was sort of a, a typically hectic start to the game, and it was a bit of a, a bit of a microcosm of the whole pre-season, really, wasn't it? We di- didn't really see too much different tonight than than what we've seen so far this pre-season. It, exciting going forward, you know, especially when it's that front three, including um, Salah, Gakpo, Jota, a lot more understanding there. As I say, plenty of danger every time we get forward, but just, just too many scary moments defensively, especially with the you know the calibre of opposition. I mean, the, the one that sticks in my mind from tonight was sort of the scramble in the penalty area where Alisson's diving all over, and it, it just doesn't look great, does it? As you said, I think uh, the last time we were here on the debrief, it, it just seems like it's going to be a very interesting season for Liverpool, doesn't it, in terms of the defensive frailties they've got, but also the firepower they've got going forward. Yeah, I've written in my match verdict that's up on the website at the moment, prediction for Chelsea at the weekend, something like 6-6. I mean, Liverpool are going to score loads of goals, aren't they? I think we pretty much know that, but they're going to concede loads and loads of chances. And I think if you concede in two or three big chances like they were tonight against Darmstadt, you only have to think about the number of players. I know Nkunku might be injured for the weekend, but there's plenty of others at Chelsea that can get into those areas. And for, for much of last season, Liverpool didn't score enough goals and they put too much pressure on themselves. So I think they've kind of ticked that box. But there's only so far that you can go. You, you can't win a league title, for example, if you've got to go and score three goals every week. At, at some point, you're just going to miss chances. You're not going to create. There's going to be you know, missed opportunities and, and you are going to drop points. So it is, it is a concern. I'm really, really excited to see what Liverpool's forwards do. Um, I think all of them have had a really good pre-season, Darwin Nunes included, didn't do a great deal tonight. But I think you know, for, for each of them, it's been a positive step forward. I think Diaz looks really sharp, even sort of the attacking midfielders. Saboslai, again, wasn't a, a brilliant performance from him in terms of, of what he did on the pitch, in terms of his general play. But you know, to, to score from two set pieces that he's delivered into the box, I think that's a positive sign. It's another weapon that Liverpool can use in terms of their attacking. So th- there's so many bits to be excited about, but there's so many questions as well. So look, maybe after a few weeks, Liverpool have got a couple of players in. They can start to solidify and, and look a bit more capable at the back. But for me at the moment, that's that's the only worry, really. I think They've addressed pretty much all of the questions that we had from last season, apart from that one in the transition. What is it that they need to do to be able to to just look a little bit more solid? And I think part of it is is transfer related, but not all of it is. And that's a little bit of a worry in itself for me. I'm 
not a hundred percent convinced on this new formation in terms of out of, of possession, how quickly teams can counter attack, and you know it, it, it's asking a lot of of all of those players. And you know if you've got your first choice back four or back five in there, then that's fine. And, and most of the time they'll probably get away with it. But I still think there's a bit of a an issue in terms of a drop off if you know Robertson doesn't play, for example. But you can imagine that Liverpool will look even more shaky than what they do, you know, a couple of the centre-backs in that similar sort of bracket as well. So there's still a lot of questions, I think, that Liverpool need to answer. It could all click and and look brilliant, but I think there are going to be a few teething problems. There's going to be a few issues that they're going to have to sort of get to to the bottom of. But I don't want to be too negative going into it. I think there's there's a lot of, of good things to take and there's a lot of excitement. And I can understand that the way that they're trying to go about it. I know um, myself and, and Dave Comerford did a podcast for Blood Red, the, the Liverpool.com podcast over the uh, the summer, and we were talking through the, the pros and cons of, of the formation. And you know, I'm I'm all for Trent being in the middle and Robertson bombing on, and all of these exciting players, Alexis McAllister pulling the strings, Sabosley being able to pop up, and obviously the attackers as well. But it is a lot of attacking players on the pitch at once. It sort of feels a little bit idealistic. I think it's it's maybe got to be a tad more pragmatic, and, and maybe it will be for Chelsea, and, and maybe they'll change something, and you know maybe make it a bit more game specific in terms of what they do week to week, and maybe there will be certain alterations that are made. But I'd be a little bit worried if Liverpool went that gun cold because you know it, they they could quite easily go to Chelsea and win four nil. Or they could lose 4-0 or it could be anything in between it, it it's a bit too much of a lottery i think at the moment but we'll see what happens it, it's going to be exciting the blood red podcast from the liverpool echo yeah I mean, you, you've mentioned alexis McAllister and his performance tonight a, a few times now so we'll we'll move on to covering him i mean he, he was really high energy tonight re- really good in the press plenty of ball recoveries it, it's just such an obvious fit and i mean I think it becomes more obvious, especially when he's playing alongside Somersly. I'm not saying that Somersly hasn't fitted well so far, but it's a much more seamless fit with McAllister. I mean, you can already see things sort of running through him in the preseason here. Expecting to see a lot more of the same as, as we start the Premier League season. Yeah, and to be honest, I'm a little bit surprised that they've not tried him in the six up until this point. I think he's he's played there a number of times for Brighton. I know it's not his favourite position, it's not his best position. I think he is better further forward. But you know, he has done that before. When you think of, you know, Curtis Jones was there a few days ago in the, the previous friendly. That didn't make a huge amount of sense to me. I remember saying two or three weeks ago that it wouldn't massively shock me if, you know, Curtis Jones and, and McAllister and Sabosley was the three. For Stamford Bridge, but possibly just not that way round that we've seen it. I think McAllister makes sense as the deepest one. When Curtis Jones came on today, he was a little bit further up. I think there was some suggestion that he had a little bit of a knock, and that's why he didn't start. But I think the fact that they've tried McAllister in that position and Jones hasn't gone to number six when he's come on, I think that probably hints a little bit at what we might see at the weekend. So, yeah, I, I like the look of him. I, I think he's brilliant on the ball, but again, it, it's almost similar to Jones in that you think. You know, compare sort of Bayern Munich to Chelsea. That's a, a better translation in terms of the preseason. There's going to be moments where runners run off the back of him, and he just switches off for a second. He's not naturally defensively inclined. There are going to be you know teething problems and, and issues with it, but Liverpool might just have to to go through it and, and hope that 
they they can go and, and be as dominant as possible in in most matches. Um, I remember I, I mentioned I think on the the debrief last time that we spoke about Thiago when he came on at Stamford Bridge. I think that was his Liverpool debut, and I know Liverpool were playing against ten men on that occasion, but he kind of played that role and just passed the ball, and he didn't need to do any tackles, he didn't need to do any running back because Liverpool basically didn't give the the ball away in the the entirety of of that half of football. So. You know something like that that's that's what i mean really in terms of, of being idealistic i think this formation and, and these types of players work when it works but when it doesn't work it might look a little bit of a mess so i think it is a little bit of a concern in terms of the defensive stuff i don't want to make a, a full judgment on McAllister and what he's done there because we know how good he is on the ball the question marks really are, are in other areas and i just don't think darmstadt are, are good enough to be able to answer you know how good is he as a number six I think possibly we'll get a better idea of that on Sunday because I suspect having started there today, that's probably what the plan is going to be for the weekend. Yeah, it remains to be seen what exactly the setup is. But you sort of alluded to it earlier. Two goals from corners tonight. Obviously, one slightly more spectacular than the other. Uh, Luis Diaz's little flick at the front post a bit better than Mohamed Salah's scrappy one in the six-yard box. But it was, it was a strong area for the team last season. I, I can't remember any specific statistics off the top of my head but I do remember Liverpool always being near the top of the goal scored from set pieces chart do you expect that to be a to be no different this season you know especially with the addition of a, a dead ball specialist like Sobersly yeah it's it's a funny one isn't it set pieces because every every fan thinks that their team is the worst at defending them and the worst that's that's going from them and I know I've heard it plenty of times last season, but you're right. You know, Liverpool were right up there in terms of of that sort of thing last season. I think they will improve. They will get better. I think when you think of the two centre-backs, they should be scoring more goals when they've got that much height. And I mean, the, the, the obvious one last season for Van Dijk was the one he missed against Nottingham Forest. And you wonder how different things could have been if, if he'd have scored that and Liverpool had have won that game. Maybe that would have been the difference. So there is definitely an opportunity, I think, for them to kick on. And if you've got someone as good as Sabosley, and others as well, obviously, Trent and, and Robertson can take them. And, you know, there's there's lots of, of quality in that team. But look, I, I don't think scoring goals will be a massive issue for Liverpool this season, whether they score from corners or not. There's other things that they've got to take care of. But, yeah, it's, it's a nice bonus, isn't it? It's one of those things. If you've got, you know, five or ten goals from set pieces from a couple of defenders or maybe areas that you wouldn't necessarily expect goals to come from from Liverpool, then it does take the pressure off. And I suppose the, the reverse to not needing to score loads of set-piece goals would be, well, if they're going to concede a few, then it probably helps to have a couple of extra attacking threats in different positions as well. So, yeah, it's it's definitely a positive thing for Liverpool. And I think, you know, uh, Sabosley is going to offer a lot of, of stuff for Liverpool, but it looks like the way you can strike a dead ball, whether that's a corner or a free kick, it, it looks really exciting and, and something that I'm really interested to see. So, yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens in terms of when the season starts, but I think that's definitely, definitely something to keep an eye out for. Yeah, plenty of attacking options, as you said, and we got to see a few more of those with a fair few changes made on the hour mark. I mean, it, it's always nice to get to see half an hour of Ben Dirk, isn't it? But Darwin Nunes also coming on. I think it's still trying to convince, despite, you know, some, some early pre-season goals, it just... It hasn't really happened for him, especially over the last couple of games. When you compare that with, you know, Luis Diaz still, you know, in really good form, scoring a, another lovely goal tonight. Diogo Jota scoring again. I mean, where are you at on the front three uh, for Sunday? What, what do you think it's going to look like? Yeah, it's tricky, isn't it? I mean, the easy get out would be to just do what they did tonight and play Gakpo in midfield and, and have all of them. 
um, and, and use Nunes off the bench. And that wouldn't massively shock me, I don't think. I mentioned before the midfield potentially could be Jones, McAllister and Saboslai. Whether Saboslai did enough in general play to, to maybe maybe have to, to come off the bench at the weekend, possibly that might be the uh, the scenario. So I'd be tempted to go with with all of them. It would be a little bit of a risk, I think, to go with you know that kind of midfield. But if Liverpool are going to have to outscore an opposition, it's probably no bad thing to have an extra goal threat. And, and then you've got a couple of extra players to come off the bench and make a little bit of a difference. So I'd be surprised if Darwin Nunez starts, but it could be any combination really of, of the others. So yeah, promising signs again, I think from, from all of them. Diaz looks really sharp. Jota obviously scored again. Gakpo, I thought, was alongside McAllister, one of the better players and, and showed a few good touches and a few good turns. So that was really, really good to see. I think... You know, it's it, it's a tricky one to predict and it's a hard one to know exactly what Liverpool need against Chelsea. We're not quite sure what Chelsea are going to look like. I think if it was, you know, a, a team that we were a little bit more certain about, you might be able to to pick which player a little bit more easily in terms of, of the tactical fit. But whichever way they go, there's almost no wrong answer, is there? And then you've got someone like Ben Doak potentially is a bit of a wild card to throw in there as well. I think, you know, he's... Every every passing game, he, he makes me less convinced that alone would be the best thing for him. I still think that's definitely an option. But the more you see him, the more he just makes it look really, really effortless. And, you know, we, we've seen him a couple of times off the bench last season. I think if you've got him to, to come in, maybe play a few of the Europa League games, maybe have a, a couple of, of different um, sort of moments off the bench in the Premier League as well, there's, there's loads of options for Liverpool. So, yeah, definitely promising signs in, in that regard and in terms of, of Sunday. I'm not. I'm not particularly fussed to be honest. I wouldn't be surprised to see any combination. But if you could get Gakpo in there as well as as the other three, then I think that would be the most exciting one. Yeah, spot on. I think uh, spot on in saying that there's there's no real wrong answers. I mean, there's so many options with how they can set up that that attacking sort of front three that I don't think anybody would be surprised with whatever Jurgen Klopp throws out. I think. The only two certainties I can think of are that Darwin Nunes almost certainly doesn't start. And I think I'd be amazed if Mohamed Salah didn't. And other than that, I think it's all sort of up in the air. But it remains to be seen and we'll see how Liverpool do line up on Sunday for that first Premier League game against Chelsea. But that is all we've got time for here on The Debrief tonight. So, Matt, thanks for joining me and we'll catch you next time. You've been listening to the Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.